0: Candy my baby. 96, on a Tuesday night, I believe it's December 8th, so the day after the day that we live in infamy. I'm Tom Kearney, and this is WPTF Radio. We're here every night, Monday through Friday from 9 until 10, with a little bit of live and in real time radio. And one of our features for about the last 14 years is about once a month or somewhere thereabouts, is to do something we call a necrolity, one of those fancy words we borrowed from the Greeks, and it means a list of those who have died but deserve to be remembered, and uh, uh, for most of that time, Dr. Edward Frank, (laughs) Frankhauser, thanks, Ed, Punkhauser, a a professor emeritus of communications at NC State University, and an old radio guy himself, uh, has been our keeper of, of the records, and so we appear, and when we appear, usually the theme song is not the regular one, but something that is related to something that will take place on the on the ensuing hour of radio, and that's where we are now, because he's here to explain to you why you were listening to Lynn Barry's one two three rather than the usual
1: theme song. Ed? Well, hello, Tom. Good evening. Good evening. I hope that you are well. I am well. And, uh, yeah, we heard uh, Lynn Barry with the opening song. Uh, Lynn Berry passed away on November the 5th. He was 78 years old. Uh, he was, of course, an American singer and a songwriter. Uh, he was from Philadelphia, had hit records uh, as a lead singer for the Dobells, uh, but also uh, uh, sang solo, and the 123 was a song that he did in 1965 um, as a soloist. Lynn Barry, um, we remember many, Uh, he had a number of hit records, the Bristol Stomp, and You Can't Sit Down, was another one. Uh, Early 60s, he was a big hit, as a matter of fact. Well, Tom, a number of uh, famous people and beloved people really have passed away in recent times, and of course, one of them is Alex Trebek. Um, uh, November the 8th, Alex Trebek was 80 years old. uh, um, game show host, uh, Alex Trebek, of course, was a native of Canada, and he hosted Jeopardy for 37 years, Tom, 1984 to 2020. He won an Emmy Award seven times for the best game show host. Prior to him uh, coming to the United States, he had been a newscaster on the Canadian Broadcasting Company up in Canada, became a U.S. citizen, a naturalized U.S. citizen in 1998. By the way, uh, the Jeopardy! program began on NBC in 1964 and ran until 1975. Art Fleming was the host. They attempted to come back in 1978, but that really didn't work. The current version with Trebek began in '84, and the Trebek episodes, the episodes with Alex on the show, will air until January of 2021 when Ken Jennings becomes the interim host. He was the big-time winner on Jeopardy! for many years. 8,000 episodes of Jeopardy! have been aired, Tom.
0: Uh, okay, I want to throw in a couple of pieces of information that I have picked up along the way, because I did a little prep, and uh, the uh, host of the first Jeopardy! was Art Fleming. Right. And uh, the longtime engineer uh, here, uh, Bob Royal. Who started working here in 1942? Told me one time that Art Fleming worked at WPTF very briefly after World War II. You know, when all the soldiers were getting out. Uh, this was long before he did. Uh, he did uh, did the Jeopardy program, but after he did that, he went to St. Louis and worked for KMOX, which was a CBS station. And I used to listen to his trivia program on that that station, and that's where I got the idea of doing trivia as huh. a part of our show. Wow, and. A much overused word these days is iconic. Everything is described by some commentator as iconic. Right. Well, most things that are described as such, in fact, are not. But I believe that Alex Trebek deserves that. Uh, right. He 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 made it.
1: Uh, yeah. And uh, by the way, I want to mention. Speaking of announcers, uh, Johnny Gilbert was the announcer for every um, show after 1984. The person who introduced Alex Trebek was the same guy, Johnny yeah, Gilbert. Yeah. Well, speaking of iconic, how about Sir Sean Connery? Definitely, definitely. In fact, I was going to tell you,
0: uh, about 20 years ago, Mrs. Kearney and I went to uh, to Scotland, and we took one of those bus tours of
1: Edinburgh,
0: uh, and, and there were lots of attributions to him everywhere. You, It was clear that he right. was their favorite son.
1: Well, he is... Uh, in 2004, he was named the Greatest Living Scott, as a matter of fact. Yeah, he, obviously, we know uh, Sean Connery. Uh, he was in seven James Bond films between 1962 and 1983. We remember Dr. No, Goldfinger, From Russia with Love, and others. Uh, he was in many other movies in his 52-year career, as a matter of fact. I so remember The Name of the Rose. The Hunt for Red October and others. He won an Academy Award for Best Supporting Actor in The Untouchables in 1987. He was knighted in 2000, was Sir Sean Connery.
0: I want to recommend a movie. It's a soft movie that he's in. I think he's in it with Audrey Hepburn, which says something for it, too. It was not a biggie, but it's called Robin and Marion, and it's about Robin Hood and Maid Marion right. when they were older, and there's some good acting in it.
1: Uh, Tom McKell, author, passed away November 1st at the age of 85. Here was somebody; the name may not be known, but her face would be recognizable. Uh, um, she was active for many years, the 70s up to about 2004. She played the she played the, the uh, smart mouth schoolteacher Harriet Johnson in Blazing Saddles. <laughs> uh, she had a very short but uh, very funny role. Uh, I can't tell you her line in that movie, but um, I mean, I, I know the line, but I can't say it on radio, so, <laughs> you know. Uh, but anyway, she played George Burns' daughter in The Sunshine Boys and guest starred in many TV shows, including Sanford's son, Alice Rhoda, and others. And she was married to Dom DeLuise, the actor. They had three sons together.
0: And that's why we have this room because I did not know that. And I, and I also want to say to our audience, uh, since you and I are a couple of moldy oldies, and I think you would agree with me, If you have not ever seen Blazing Saddles,
1: please do. It's one of the funniest movies you will ever see. Yeah, the two funniest movies ever made, in my opinion, were Blazing Saddles and the Blues Brothers. Well, I agree with you
0: on the Blues Brothers, but I would throw a funny thing happened on the way to the forum. Okay, well,
1: yeah, I guess everyone has their choices. (laughs) Yes, they do, they do. David Prowse died November 28th at the age of 85. He was a British actor, actually in a number of movies, uh, but he was best known as the guy wearing the Darth Vader outfit and the Darth Vader, Darth Vader mask in the Star Wars movies. The, the voice was James Earl Jones, but David Prowse did the movements of the character Darth Vader. Now that we've made it to this point in the program, which is about one quarter of
0: the way through, I will identify you as Dr. Ed Funkhauser, the keeper of the role for our Necrology, a program that we have about once a month that highlights the people who have passed since the last program. And, in fact, we're going to do one, as we usually do, about the end of the year, somewhere around the the last week or the first week of January, that highlights the the biggies who passed away this year. Uh, And Dr. Falkiser will be a part of that. But right now we will have to do something you you need to do once in a while, and we're going to take a break. And when we come back, we're going to talk about a guy I think named Hal Ketchum. for uh, Tuesday night, December 8th, uh, and you might have thought you had stumbled in and gotten your radio missed over on the FM dial to our sister station, WQDR. Uh, that's Hal Ketchum, and I'm going to let uh, Dr. Abram Funkhauser, who is the brains of the outfit when we do our uh, <laughs> necrology program, explain to you why you're listening to Hal Ketchum on
1: WPTF. Well, Hal Ketchum uh, passed away November 23rd. He was 67 years old. Uh, actually, he's a native of upstate, uh, a small town in upstate New York. Uh, he had uh, 11 albums, he used 17 singles, but his big hit record was Small Town Saturday Night in 1991 and made it to number two. Um, Ketchum lived most of his life in Texas. Uh, he, by the way, was an artist, a painter, and um, he was an excellent carpenter, I understand.
0: Was he a member of the Opry? Do you know?
1: I do not know. He lived in Texas. I'm not sure about that, quite frankly. I did not read that in reading my material about it. He probably would have been in there if it was true. Well, you probably will find him on archive editions of uh, Austin yeah. City Limits. Sure. Or, yeah. yeah, that's that's likely.
0: That's likely. Okay, I'll catch him
1: who yeah. passed away recently. Yeah. Uh, David Lander died December the 4th. He was 73 years old. Now, uh... May not know the name, but, gee, I'll bet you'll re- remember Squiggy from Laverne and Shirley. He played Squiggy from 1976 to 1983, 156 episodes of Laverne and Shirley, um, David Lander. He also did other, many other movies and TV shows, dozens of TV shows, especially many situation comedies. Um, uh, he was diagnosed with multiple sclerosis in 1984, and became an ambassador, a spokesperson, for the Multiple uh, Sclerosis Association, as a matter of fact. And he did something else, Tom, and I, I'm, I'm guessing you don't know what it was that he did, but it, 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 it just something that would, if, you, if I ask you to guess, you'd never get it right, and I wouldn't either. He was a baseball talent scout for the Anaheim Angels and the Seattle Mariners. And he was a part owner of uh, a minor league team in Portland, Oregon.
0: Indeed, I did not know that, and I learned it when I read the material that you gave me to prep for the program. And I'll bet many of our listeners did not know it until you put it on the airwaves tonight. Yeah. Uh, Norm Crosby
1: died November the 7th. He was 93 years old. Of uh, a certain age, you'll remember uh, this comedian who made frequent appearances on TV throughout the 1960s through the 1980s. he was a stand-up comedy who was known for using malapropisms, malaprops, uh, which is basically a big word for using an incorrect word. Want an example? Here's an example. Texas has a lot of electrical votes. (laughs) That is a malapropism. Uh, He was seen on many shows, including The Night Show with Johnny Carson, Celebrity Roast, quiz shows, and he was co-host of the Jerry Lewis MDA Labor Day Telethon, as a matter of fact.
0: Right. He was a a stand-up comic of sort of the old-style stand-up comic.
1: He was. I want to say some things here about some entrepreneurs and business leaders. and Let me start with Frank Carney. Died December 2nd. He was 82 years old. He had a brother named Dan, and together they founded an outfit called Pizza Hut in 1958, located in Wichita, Kansas, near Wichita State University. By 1977, they had 4,000 outlets when the Carneys sold it to PepsiCo for $300 million, which was a heck of a lot of money in 1977. In fact, it's a heck of a lot of money today. the original building, by the way, really was a small hut, uh, and it still exists today on the Wichita State University campus. Um, the older brother, Dan, he survives, and he lives in Wichita.
0: And I, when I was working at uh, your university, Ed used to go to the one on Western Boulevard. Oh,
1: yeah. Yep, yeah, not there anymore. Not there anymore. Lon Adams, food scientist for Goodmark Foods. Uh, he developed the recipe for Slim Jims. Now, Slim Jim's this beef jerky snack had been invented in the 1920s. However, it is Adam's recipe that has been used since the late 1960s, about the time that Slim Jim production moved to Garner, North Carolina. He was director of meat technology there from 1968 to 1991. And as you'll remember, and uh, many people will remember in this area, that a huge explosion damaged the plant in 2009. They tried to keep it open, but it closed for good in 2011. Uh, Today, Slim Jims are made elsewhere by ConAgra Foods. About 500 million are produced annually, Tom, in 21 varieties using Adams' recipe. He is an Iowa native, and Lon Adams lived in Raleigh. He had a master's degree in microbiology from Iowa State University.
0: When you say the name of the food, and, and I have, have eaten and enjoyed beef jerky, but what I always think of is the the uh, the actor in the Beverly Hillbillies who was whining and dining at LMA, and his name was Beef Jerky. <laughs> <laughs>
1: okay, Bill Palmer, December 1st uh, was the date of his death, age 70. He was the founder of Applebee's Restaurants in 1980 in Decatur, Georgia. He sold his business to the W.R. Grace Company in 1983. However, he remained a franchisee in the Atlanta area. In December 2019, there were 1,787 Applebee's in the world. And Tony Hsieh, uh his last name, by the way, is spelled H-F-I-E-H, it is pronounced Shay. His parents were from Taiwan. However, he was born in Urbana, Illinois. Uh, he was the CEO of Zappos for 21 years until August of 2020, he was not the founder of Zappos, but he was the first CEO. Of course, Zappos was an early and very successful shoe and clothing online retailer, and it still is uh, quite popular today. Amazon Com bought Zappos in 2009 for $1.2 billion, That's with a B, billion dollars. Uh, Shea unfortunately died from burns and smoke inhalation from a fire at his home in New London, Connecticut on November 27th. He was a native of, as I said, of Illinois, graduate of Harvard. At the time of his death, Tony Hsieh, uh personal estate was believed to be worth more than 800 million dollars. Not to
0: detract from Tony Shea, but since you mentioned Amazon, I just learned this week that uh, the richest man in the world is now Jeff Bezos. <laughs> well,
1: yes, and I guess we all contribute to his wealth. Uh, Well, we certainly are in this season. (laughs) A couple of interesting ones here, Tom. Uh, We want to mention Bruce Boynton. He was a civil rights activist. Uh, In 1958, uh, he was arrested for trespassing because he ordered a cheeseburger from a whites-only section of a restaurant in a bus station in Richmond. Well... (laughs) The case reached the U.S. Supreme Court as Boynton versus Virginia. His case was argued by Thurgood Marshall, who would later become a Supreme Court Justice. Well, the court overturned Boynton's conviction affirming that racial segregation in public transportation, it happened in a bus station, was illegal. He became a lawyer and worked as a civil rights attorney in Alabama. Chuck Yeager... We all remember Chuck Yeager. December the 7th was his uh, death, and he was 97 years old. U.S. Air Force pilot, a test pilot, became a brigadier general. Who's uh, in the Air Force from 41 to 75. World War II, Vietnam, many awards, two silver stars, and lots of other awards, a Purple Heart, etc. Uh, famous for being the first person to break the sound barrier, October 14th, 1947. Prominently featured in the book and the 1984 movie, The Right Stuff, he was portrayed by actor Sam Shepard in that movie. He was a West Virginia native, and Yeager Airport at Charleston is named in his honor. And if you've never
0: heard uh, of plane break
1: the sound barrier, you should. Yeah, I have.
0: I have, man. Well, if you grew up near an Air Force base like I did... uh, and most of my compatriots in Goldsboro youth. It's not supposed to happen, but it happens once in a while.
1: Yeah. Um, how much time do we have here, Tom, before the break? I think we've got about one minute. David Dinkins. Let's talk about David Dinkins. He died November 23rd. He was 93 years old. He was the first African-American mayor of New York City uh, from 1990 to 1993. In other words, he fit in there between Ed Koch and Rudy uh, Giuliani. I was going to ask you after. Of course, he
0: was to Ed Koch, and I I forgot, but I know Rudy was the mayor at the time of the 9-11 thing, so the late 90s into, into the early part of this
1: century. Dinkins had been the Manhattan Borough President, was a New Jersey native, and he served in the Marines, and he held a college degree in mathematics and also a law degree. And the President of France died December 2nd, he was 94, he was the President of France From 1974 to 1981. Let's stop right there. You've got a nice tight package there. We've got about
0: 10 seconds for me to say that tomorrow night, Dr. Mike Walden will be on to give us his estimate of the state of the economy, and uh, we'll be back after we check the news. Tom Cornish Show Necrology. Those who have passed away and deserve to be remembered. And if you're wondering why we're playing the Bristol Stomp coming out of the half-hour break, Dr. Edward Funkhouser, who is the keeper of the record and the reporter on those who have, in fact,
1: passed away, is going to tell you. Well, uh, the Bristol Stomp was a song released in 1961 by the Dovells. And uh, the lead singer for the Dovells was Lynn Barry, who passed away November the 5th. At age 78, Bristol Stomp was the big hit record in 1961. Could it possibly have been that long ago?
0: Ooh, and I just think, uh, I kept thinking I wanted to learn how to do the Bristol Stomp, but then again, I'm not a very
1: good dancer. (laughs) Uh, Tom, before we get to sports, I've got a couple of folks I want to mention here. Uh, One of them is a politician, Paul Sarbanes, who died December the 6th. He was 87 years old. He was a US senator from Maryland uh, for 30 years as a matter of fact he had been a member of the House of Representatives prior to that for 6 years. Uh, he was a, a ranking member of many important committees during his 30-year career. And he was a graduate of Princeton and uh, Harvard, Princeton and Harvard Law School. He was a Rhodes scholar. His son John also graduated from Princeton and Harvard. And today, John is a U.S. congressman representing the senior Sarbanes Old District. Interesting, interesting. Yeah, Paul Sarbanes. I want to say something about a person that um, I I bet no one has ever heard of, no one listening. I might be wrong about that, and I apologize. But certainly I had not known of this person before I did the research, Bruce Sweetian, S-W-E-D-I-E-N died November the 16th. He was 86 years old. Now, what he did was he was a recording, a sound recording engineer, and he was probably the best-known and most honored recording engineer in the whole world. His first success was uh, he was a recording engineer for the Four Seasons Big Girls Don't Cry in 1962. But since then, he has worked with, you name it, Michael Jackson, Quincy Jones, Paul McCartney, Barbara Streisand, and very many other famous performers on their successful recordings. I mean, I guess Sweden was the go-to guy for, if you wanted a sound engineer, of excellent quality. Uh, he won five Grammy Awards for the Best Engineered Albums, native of Minneapolis, Minnesota. However, he was highly honored by Sweden, uh, the home of his ancestors. In 2001, he was awarded an honorary doctorate by a university in Sweden. I thought that was interesting, as a matter of fact. Well, Tom, um, I guess it's time to turn our attention to sports people. Time for that. Yep, and uh, we have a lot of them. We have um, uh, several pages of these folks, and, and these are the famous people. Many of them here will start with Paul Horning. That um, November 13th. Paul Horning was 84 years old. He was a football player with the Packers from 1957 to 1966. Not all that many years, but he was a great great running back and a kicker. Do I remember that he went to Notre Dame as a coach? That is correct, Okay. and he won the 1956 Heisman Trophy.
0: Uh-huh.
1: Yeah, he was an All-American at Notre Dame in 55 and 56, won the Heisman Trophy in 56. Um, he was the uh, rushing touchdown leader in the National Football League in 1960, the most valuable player in 1961. He was an All-Pro twice. He was a four-time NFL champ. In 1966, he became injured, didn't play very much, and so he did not play in Super Bowl One, which was after the 1966 season, uh, pardon me. Actually, in 1967, he didn't play in that game, no, no. and he never played again. He that injury a pinched nerve in his neck kept him uh, caused him to retire.
0: That game you're talking about the, is not the the game that was called the Ice Bowl. That was Super Bowl two, wasn't it? So, I think. Yeah,
1: yeah. He is in both college and professional football halls of fame. It's Paul Harney So. He's a, he's he's quite somebody that I think many football fans of our age and younger even remember quite well. Well, he was kind of a golden boy, and
0: I think he he was kind of like uh, uh, Joe Namath. He was kind of Broadway Joe type, you know.
1: Well, he was. Uh, I think today the term they would call him is a partier.
0: A partier, That's <laughs> it. A, a, indeed, and and that was an interesting role to
1: have when your coach was Vince Lombardi. Vince Lombardi. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That. That's for sure. Herb Adderley um, died October 30th, age 81. Played for the same team. Yeah, he did, and he's one of your favorite players, right? Yeah, yeah, I like Herb, Yes. Yeah. He he was a cornerback for the Packers. He played between 61 and 69, so he would have been on some of the same teams uh, with Horning in the mid-'60s. Adderley also played a couple of years for the Dallas Cowboys at the end of his career. Adderley was a three-time Super Bowl champ uh, in the Pro Bowl five times. He was a big ten-tailback and a co-captain at Michigan State University, and Herb Adderley was in the Professional Football Hall of Fame. But if you ever wanted to watch any film of somebody to see what a cornerback or how a cornerback should play that position, you might want to watch Herb Adderley. Uh, he was good. Yeah. Yeah. Tom Heinsohn, uh, November the 10th, the date of his death. He was 86 years old. He was a basketball player, of course, um, for the Boston Celtics from 1956 to 1965. Uh, He was uh, NBA Rookie of the Year in 1957, a six-time NBA All-Star, and an eight-time NBA champion.
0: He Uh, was, actually you're probably going to mention this, but he was the coach of the Celtics for a while.
1: I'm going to mention that, you're right, and he was. Uh, I I was going to start back with his... uh, I'm sorry. That's all right, you know. But I was going to start by saying that he was an All-American at Holy Cross in Wooster, right. Let me say that the
0: first, when I was a young guy, first got interested in basketball, one of the books you bought at the newsstand was Street and & Smith, and he was on the cover of the 1957
1: one. I can remember. Right. Well, he was an All-American Across in 1956, and, yep, you're right, he was the head coach of the Celtics from 1968 through 1978, and he was the coach of the year in 1973. As a coach, he was a two-time NBA champ. That would be in 74 and 76. How a little help from people like John Havlicek and Larry Bird. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I remember those people. Yes. And uh, in of, uh, and he's in the Hall of Fame uh, as a college player, a pro player, and a coach. He's in there three times, and he's in there three separate Uh, admittances, not just one time for all three. He was voted into the Hall of Fame three times, as a matter of fact. How about that? Well, whatever they were considering, he was a pretty good one. Yes, he was. How are we doing on time, Time. Tom? Tom, Time, Tom.
0: Well, let's take two or three more minutes, and then we'll take a break. So you can probably get a couple more in.
1: Well, okay. Uh, let's Let's continue with our football theme here. Um, Jimmy Orr. Ooh. October twenty seventh. He died that day, uh, eighty five years old. Um, he was a wide receiver for the Steelers and the Colts from nineteen fifty eight to nineteen seventy. He was the rookie of the year in the NFL in nineteen fifty eight. When Raymond Barry retired, he replaced him as a favorite target of right. Johnny United. He was a Super Bowl champion nineteen seventy one. Um 1971 Super Bowl would have been played at the end of the 1970 season. Uh, two-time Pro Bowl selection. Uh, was a first-team All-Pro in 1965. He is from Seneca, South Carolina. Played college football at the University of Georgia. And then there's Jake Scott. Passed away November 19th. He was 75 years old. He was a safety and a really good one for the Dolphins and the Redskins from 1970 to 1978. Like Jimmy Orr, he too was from South Carolina. Uh, Jake Scott was from Greenwood. Uh, He also played football at the University of Georgia, where he was an All-American in 1968. Dick Scott was a two-time Super Bowl champion, but notably, Jake Scott was the Super Bowl most valuable player in 1973, that would have been at the end of the Dolphins' 17 and 0 season, um, which was the 1972 season. And uh, he was a five time Pro Bowl selection, Tom. And just
0: slipped over the state line to play at the University of Georgia. Well, I'm sorry. Go okay, ahead. that's fine. You want to take a break now? Yeah, I think now would be a good time. We've got a kind of a natural pause here. Ed Funkhauser is lining out the uh, the necrology, the, those who have passed away in the in the recent days, and you may have missed them. You might not have known that Jake Scott or her battery or, or some other person that we've mentioned tonight was was gone. In fact, we first got the idea for doing this when somebody called me at the radio station once and said, "Tom, is is Harry Nielsen still alive?" And I said, "Well, I don't know," and it was difficult for me to find out and. Uh, to, I had to do a lot of research called the Public Library and went over to state and other things but we finally established that Harry Nielsen whose music by the way is uh, in uh, Midnight Cowboy Everybody's Talking At Me is one of his songs uh, uh, was in fact dead but we're trying to keep you up on the list of those who have died before the, the colors fade and we'll be back with some more after this Thursday night is going to be the, uh, the the South the open phone show for this week, and Friday night we're going to have uh, trivia that is related to Christmas movies, you know, the Miracle on Thirty Fourth Street, and It's a Wonderful Life, and the, and the, that sort of thing. But tonight we're taking the measure of those folks who have departed the scene, and uh, we want you to know that they are gone and to remember them.
1: Yes, and one of them is quite uh, well-known, a baseball player, Dick Allen, died December the 7th. He was 78 years old. Uh, many of you may remember him as Richie Allen. He preferred to be called Dick, at least later in his career he did. He was a Major League Baseball infielder and outfielder. He played 15 seasons uh, for the Phillies and White Sox and uh, I guess three other teams. He was a Rookie of the Year in the National League in '64. He was the 1972 American League MVP with the White Sox, a seven-time All-Star, two-time American League home run leader, one of the best players of the 60s and the early 70s. His his numbers are really great. He had 351 home runs. He was involved in some controversies and some altercations, uh, you may remember, but the former managers, his former managers, say he was always a team player on the field and in the clubhouse. He was a mentor to Mike Schmidt. Mike Schmidt really loved him. Um, Mike Schmidt is a Hall of Famer himself. Many believe that Dick Allen is the best player not in the Hall of Fame. He was a singer in the Philadelphia Doo-Wop, that is an acapella music group. Um, oh, I saw him play one game.
0: Uh, I haven't seen a lot of Major League games, but I saw him play the White Sox against the Minnesota Twins. And right. uh, if it hadn't been Bart L- Bly- Blyleven, he might have gotten ahead hit that day. But uh, he he's a guy you wouldn't want to mess with. I'll right. just say that.
1: Wafer Johnson died December 2nd, age 86. He was an Olympic athlete from the United States. He won a gold medal in 1960. A silver in 56. Uh, his uh, his uh, event, actually 10 events, was the, the called the, the 10 events together called the decathlon. Um, he was the USA team flag bearer in 1960. Became an actor and was in a variety of films, including Elvis Presley films and James Bond movies. He was a native of Texas. He uh, was the best athlete in the world and a few years, a couple of years before this. And are you going to mention Sirhan Sirhan or two? Because, um, yeah, he was famous for uh, t- for tackling Sirhan Sirhan. Along with uh, Rosie Greer and George Plimpton after Sirhan shot Robert Kennedy, in uh, it was in nineteen sixty-eight. I just
0: if, he, if Sirhan, Sirhan was going to have some bad luck for doing a horrible thing, uh, to to confront the best athlete in the world and a guy the size of Roosevelt Greer, he he, he was at
1: the <laughs> wrong place. Right. Uh, Fred Akers, uh, 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 a college football head coach for sixteen seasons, notably. He won two Southwest Conference titles at Texas. Also won uh, Western Athletic Conference title at Wyoming. Fred Akers, he was 82 years old when he passed away on December the 7th. Uh, Roger Moray, some may remember him as a pitcher for the Red Sox. He passed away December 7th. He was 71 years old. He pitched for the Red Sox and two other teams in nine seasons. Um... He was 13-2 and two with the Red Sox in 1972 and 14 wins and three losses in 1975. He, he was a really good pitcher. He had a career ERA of 3.66 in 168 games. He appeared in three 1975 World Series games. Sadly, illness shortened uh, his career. Uh, it was kind of sad, really. Billy Tubbs, college basketball coach, notably at Oklahoma. Um, four-time Big 8 champion coach of the year, um, had 641 wins. Billy Tubbs passed away November 1st uh, at age 85. Uh, Walt Davis was a Texas A&M athlete. He was Olympic high jump gold medalist in '52 in Helsinki. He was an NBA center, too. After he played basketball at Texas A&M as well as high jumping, and he went to the NBA, became a center, was a two-time NBA champion with Philadelphia in 56 and St. Louis in 58. And all of this, despite the fact that he had polio at age nine and could not walk for three years. Walt Davis died November 17th at 89. That's really remarkable. It really is. Yeah, Bob Miller was a Major League Baseball pitcher for the Phillies in the Whiz Kid year. He was there from 49 to 58, 10 seasons. And... Uh, he was a member of the 1950 Woods Kids along with Robin Roberts and Kurt Simmons. He committed only two errors in his entire career. He was a pitcher, of course. Um, he was a head baseball coach at the University of Detroit for 36 years, 1965 to 2000. He's in the Michigan Sports Hall of Fame. Bob Miller died November 27th at 94. Chuck Hartman died November 2nd. He was 85 years old, longtime head baseball coach at Virginia Tech. Uh, he was there from 79 to 2006, previously at High Point uh, from 60 to 78. So he had a career of 47 years as a college coach and won 1,444 games to the Baseball Coaches Hall of Fame, a graduate of the University of North Carolina at Chapel Hill. That's a lot of baseball. And, Tom, that's those are the people I have tonight, 32 of them. Okay, and you've wrapped it
0: up in a fairly... Uh, perfectly neat package. We have about a minute minute left to talk, and, and I'm going to say that uh, we have invited you, and you have accepted, because you like to read, and I like to read. Uh, this is a time when people are sometimes concerned about uh, choosing a book as a uh, Christmas present, so you're going to come back next Tuesday night, a week from tonight, and we're going to talk about some of the best non-fiction books published in the year 2020. I have some nominations, and I'm sure you will have, and Maybe we can point you in the right direction for something good to read. Uh,
1: Well, I'm certainly looking forward to that, Tom. Yeah, I do read a lot, and I know you do. So uh, I've I've really got some thoughts about some uh, excellent uh, gifts. Well, I've
0: been reading Bill Bryson's
1: book, The Body. I don't
0: know if you know about that book. I have read
1: it. You can't go wrong with it. That's one we'll mention.
0: Okay. Yeah, well, Bill Bryson, you can't go wrong with him, period. But that that is a good book, and so that's one of the ones that we're going to talk about. And that's our show for tonight. Uh, John Sauter has been our producer. Ed Houser has been our guest. I'm Tom Kearney, and we'll be back tomorrow night following the 9 o'clock news with Dr. Mike Waldman, who's going to take a look at the economy.